surprise, surprise. <laughs> you probably expected Pastor Dwayne with Pastor Jeannie. Yeah, well. But he is doing... Is Yes, I believe okay. it is. He is doing the work of the ministry at a church across the state. So we are so thankful for the work he's doing there. But tonight, I get the opportunity to learn from a woman who has been a spiritual mother in my life, as I am sure if you spent any time around Jeannie or listening to her, she has become someone that you just know that you want to learn from and grow from because of her love for the Lord and the Word and her family. So I have watched Pastor Jeannie since I was five years old from afar, much closer uh, the last 14 years with Tim being part of the pastoral staff. And I am so excited that I get to ask her lots of questions <laughs> about marriage. So we really want tonight to feel like it should between two people who love the Lord, our friends, or you're getting together with a mentor or somebody that you see that you could learn from and just want to kind of set the stage of a really relaxed setting of what going to somebody wiser and farther along than you that you just they don't have to be older they don't even necessarily have to have a longer length of time in marriage or in ministry or in parenting but someone you truly look up to what that can look like and how we can all just be set up to have these conversations so I'm really excited. Thanks for agreeing to this. The adventure is about to begin. Yes, it is. Are you ready for this? <laughs> and you look and you say, she's just asking me questions, but I have this notebook full of stuff that is really good stuff that probably we won't even get to, but just in case, in case I forget something. I might. Jeannie always has a notebook full of stuff <laughs> that is so good, just in case, and that's why we are here. So if we can all pray together, Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity that you have given us in our church family to learn from one another. There is no perfect marriage, but there is marriage done well, your way. And so God, I thank you for this time to just open the eyes of our heart to see real life situations and very pressing, relevant questions that are going to soften our hearts. I believe that your word is going to penetrate our hearts tonight and that we are going to be greatly set in a stance of encouragement and sharpening and just so much hope <laughs> for the relationship of marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Pastor Jeannie, how many years have you and Pastor Dwayne been married? Ten. <laughs> oh, you're all laughing. 48 years. <laughs> 48 years. Have those years been easy? <laughs> uh, well, Dwayne's not here, so I can, I can tell you everything. Yeah, no one tattling on me, okay? Um, it was hard at first. 
it, our married life, um, we all go into marriage with expectations and, and dreams and um, I, I, I don't think we write them down. I don't think we really have a, I don't think we realize or know, you know, this is what I expect my husband to do. And my husband, well, this is what I expect from my wife, but, but we really do that, and, and um, we got, we got, we met and got married quite quickly, and then we got to know each other, and um, I, I was thankful that I was very committed to love him no matter what, and um, I remember thinking at one point, I think this is going to kill me. I can laugh now, but I was crying then. <laughs> um, and I, I, should, I should tell you that um, Dwayne came from a family that uh, didn't, didn't express, was not expressive, didn't express love. Um, when you sat down to eat at the table, that's what you did. You ate. You did not talk. You didn't talk. How many had one of those, you don't talk at the table? See, good for you. Dwayne loves you. <laughs> and, um, and then I grew up in a house of mostly girls and a little brother, and we all, four sisters and mom, we were always laughing and telling stories. And so dinner time was party time. And so you put us two together, and it was interesting. The first time I met his family, they, um, I, I sat down to eat, and she had roast and potatoes and b green beans and a good Dutch dinner, and it was just, and I was starving. I was a, high, a college student living on $5 a week, and I just was hungry. So I, I just, you know, helped myself as they passed it around, and th they did ask me questions, but I'm I'm visiting and talking, and, and they ask questions, and I ask them questions, and I go to, you know, I cut the potato. I, pre I do what I can with my food to prepare it while I'm, I guess I was chattering. I don't know what I was doing, and I was nervous, and that probably made me talk more, but I went to pick up my first bite of food, and I looked around. Everybody else had vacuumed up their plates. They were empty. And I looked down, and my plate was full, and the dad asked for the Bible, and Dwayne had told me that after the meal that they would um, read a chapter in the Bible and before they would close, do dishes or whatever. I didn't realize part of the rule was everyone had to be done eating. Oh, wow. And his dad was not merciful. Maybe he was insensitive. I don't know what he was. But, but they all sat there quietly while I tried to choke down my food. <laughs> and I, I made a vow. You're not supposed to vow, but I vowed if I starved to death, I would not ever take very much food at their house to eat. <laughs> I, 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 I was not going to serve myself too much. Um, and that was my get acquainted with Dwayne. And then we got married, and he still ate the same way. He was quiet, and he vacuumed up his plate and then he vacuumed up everything on the table, and then he looked at me, and I'm just still eating half of the plate, and 
I mean, what do you do, women? So I'd say, um, are you still hungry? And he was like, yeah. Well, you want the rest of mine? Oh, yeah. And so then he ate his food, all the extra food, and he ate the rest of my food. So learning to cook, I really, I really didn't, I didn't know. I thought if you're a bad cook, you had leftovers. So I was trying to make just what I thought we would eat, which I didn't calculate how much he would eat. And so he was losing weight, and I was losing weight. Every meal, I never got full. And, and um, so we had to kind of figure that out that we needed to, you know, we got done eating, and he'd eaten everything on the table, and mine too. And, and he finally, he just pushed his chair back, and he says, I'm starving. I'm going to McDonald's. Or I think it was Burger King. What, whatever. He was going to go get after eating all the food. And so, um, yeah, we began to learn. But that getting acquainted and getting to know each other and, and um, not really talking about things ahead of time. I just, I wanted him to read my mind. Don't you? What woman in here doesn't want your husband to read your mind? Do we want them to read our mind? Man. So okay. is this how you remained so fit? All of your marriage is you... He ate all my food? Yes. <laughs> it, it did help. Oh, no. We had such a... We had such a... If you guys... Some of you know all our first year stories. Yeah. But we, we were back at Bible college, and our first year was just total, we didn't understand each other, and we didn't talk very much about it. We just assumed, and so we were always doing things wrong. You know, I wasn't fixing enough food, and, and then I thought that, that good wives, you know, didn't, um, weren't demanding, or, you know, you didn't ask for too much, and... I didn't know he had enough money. I just assumed because he wasn't working and going to school that I didn't want to use up any of his school money, and I was trying not to ask. I would not pay 10 cents for an orange juice during the class break, and I'm starving, and I wouldn't eat a donut. I, I, wouldn't, I was just like, well, you know, there's extra, and I was trying so hard. I, I got down to 89 pounds. Of course, my monthly period stopped. We thought maybe I was pregnant. The doctor said, no, you're dying. <laughs> so you did almost die. He That's says, what you're you referenced. starving to death. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Poor Pastor Dwayne on Sunday morning. Everyone's going to be walking next to him. <laughs> giving him donuts. <laughs> you know what? I have very much learned. We've learned since then, but, but those... Those things that when you don't share and you don't communicate, mm -hmm. and then I got to tell you, I, one Sunday I was looking at Dwayne and I was just thinking how, how blessed I am, how much I, how thankful I am for him, how amazing he is, and um, yeah, I'm just basking in, in, um, in the taking the time to think about what I really appreciate and how much we've grown. And, um, 
and I, I remembered thinking, I could have destroyed him. Mm -hmm. I could have, the, and this was one of your questions, I should let you ask it, but I'll just tell you the just, answer. Yeah, just do it. Uh, just go, right, everybody? <laughs> and that, that was, um, uh, when, well, now I just forgot what it was. You could have destroyed him. Oh, I could have destroyed him. Yeah, it was because when we, I did not have a mentor. I did not have a, we did not have a cell phone. We did not have a TV. We did not have a computer. We, we did not speak very good Spanish. And we um, completed our first year of marriage in Mexico. Um, and trying to learn the language. And so I really had no one, no one to talk to, which for, I think for us it saved our marriage mm -hmm. because instead of feeling sorry for myself or you know, not, being, not talking to him about what I needed but mm -hmm. knowing he wasn't meeting my needs and I was just so... Do you think... I could have resisted the temptation of calling my mom or all my sisters or talk to somebody about this and and I you know pretty soon I'd have, we just we we don't mean to slander our spouse but in trying to get some understanding from somebody we spill the our offense how he's offending me and then we share it with somebody else and then they get offended at your husband and and then you're both offended and then you've got more reason to be upset and and, um, but the fact that I didn't have anybody but God, and the word, I did not have an English-speaking friend. I mean, that was just really good for me. And so Dwayne's busy being a missionary. We're out in the village, and he, we've got our first baby, and he's, he's um, just not aware of how to be a husband still. I've got a baby, um, and he... Okay, I'm going to tattle because it's kind of funny. <laughs> but um, it, so the men in the village and the women and the relationships there were very, not always very Christ-like. Um, and the, the culture was very different. And Dwayne's trying to be a great missionary, and he's just wanting to fit in with the culture and do things well. So... Um, but I carried our 20-pound boy and the bag of all the diapers and everything, and we're walking all the way across town to get up to the church. And Dwayne turns around and sees I've got the bag, so he puts his big Bible in the bag. <laughs> uh, you know, you might as well. And why didn't I say, honey, I need help? That's too heavy. How about you carry the baby or the bag? I didn't say anything. Mm. You can all go put the dunce hat on and sit in the corner. That was stupid. It really was. And it wasn't just stupid. It was selfish. Because, because he would have helped you. Yeah, he would have, but he didn't asked. think of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you he could, does now. Oh, my He totally man. would think of it now. Yeah, he would. This is like back in the first year. The, the first years. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we were slow to grow. I want you to know. 48 years. 
there's a reason. <laughs> but so it was, you know, so I took it and I got offended and I got hurt. So I would go to God and I would cry and you need to help my husband, fix him, change him. He doesn't love me. And, you know, and he'd, he'd just go out to the villages and, and I'd stay with the baby. He'd go do his... Um, tromping up through the mountains, and, and he'd come back with fleas in his <laughs> sleeping bags and upset stomach and all the other stuff, and I'd wash everything and take care of him and get him back on his feet, and then he'd go out again, and, and, and um, I just got worn out, you know, just trying to keep up with everything, and because he wasn't expressing that he loved me. I mean, he did, but... I hadn't read the five love languages, and I only knew one language, and that was um, to serve. And so I kept trying to love him by just helping him and serving and serving. And um, his love language probably then was just sex. (laughs) Physical, definitely. But it it wasn't physical as in my kind of cuddling. It was physical as in, do it. And then, oh, just roll, like over, the meal. roll over, it's over. Just like the meal, no talking. Yeah. Like just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how many like young, youngly marrieds we have in here. But us older ones, we've figured out a lot of this. <laughs> And, and know that there's a good balance. And, and, and uh, like now, Dwayne and I speak every language there is. We... we love language or love like language. talk? Okay. <laughs> or like dial, okay. No, no, love yes. language. I mean, you know, he, he can... We actually do this all the time in Costco. He picks out a bouquet of flowers. You know how they have the big flower display? He picks out flowers for me, and he says, oh, that one right there. And I go, oh, thank you very much. And I kiss him and tell him thank you. And we never go out of the store. The flowers never wilt. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> so I get a fresh bouquet every week. And... Um, and we, we save money. <laughs> I am so thankful for our lead pastors being so honest. Because is it not refreshing in marriage? <laughs> well, I guess I wanted you to know that we didn't start off uh, perfect. And <laughs> so that you would know, yes. don't quit. Don't give up. Yeah. Don't. Um, and I know that at one time we told this story about how um, we came back to the States for um, a conference that was in Houston, and I was so empty, mm-hmm. and I turned to Dwayne and told him, I don't want to go back to Mexico and just be the babysitter, the cook, the house cleaner, um, a shopper. You can hire somebody to do all those things. Just don't hire a mistress. But I'm empty. Was this your first time having had a conversation? That heart to heart like that? Yeah, this is like 
Oh. How many years in was this? Almost three. Okay. But this was maybe one of the first times that you really laid it out? Yeah, I just said I need, and then he's like, well, and he cried mm -hmm. for the first time. And then he mm -hmm. cried, and then I felt bad for saying it. And, <laughs> kind of. And, and, but, you know, it was good that I did. And if yeah, he'd have cried first, then I wouldn't have thought, no. Yeah. He, but he, um, he did something awesome. And I just want to say, in all of your misunderstandings, choose to do the awesome. Because it can be hard. What I said, the way I said it, and how I did that after that many years just being selfish enough that I just thought I could do all the giving yeah. and, and we could have a healthy, happy marriage. Yeah. Um, and, and I robbed him of learning how to give to me uh, and, and how to... He needed help to learn how to serve. And I just so, I wish that I could have, I wish I, if I could go back and do something different, I would definitely help him learn, help him figure me out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because then when he laid there in that bed, when we were in the guest house of some friends, and he, he said, um, what can I do? I, what am I, and I said, I don't even know. I don't know. I'm just empty. Yeah. And, um. I don't even remember if he apologized because uh, he didn't know what he was apologizing for. Yeah. There's so much. You, I mean, you pretty much said, I can't go back to doing life the way that we're doing life. Just as so two single everything. people, basically. Yep. Two single people that had sex and a baby. Yeah. And that's not healthy. Yeah. And, and so um, he went to the Christian bookstore and at that time, we had cassettes. You know, he bought a bunch of cassettes on marriage. Mm -hmm. He bought books. Um, men are from Venus or Mars and, and women, women from, from Venus. Venus. And he brought, bought um, what every woman wishes her man knew. Or, I, you know, just yeah. he had a stack full of books. And you've got to know, we had no financial support. We were missionaries. We lived off of what money he had saved as a teenager. And, and then, um, so it was a big deal to buy books. Yeah. And, and yet he knew, I mean, this was essential to grow, to keep growing, to learn. And he started reading the books and reading things. And then he kind of, his eyes would pop open and he said, look at what this crazy author says about women. And he read it, and I go, that is, he hit the nail on the head. That is exactly, that's me, honey. That's what I think. That's what I feel. And he's like, oh, he they no. Were, he thought they were wrong. That says so he, much. He didn't have a clue. Yeah. Well, they couldn't talk in the home. So, I mean, wow. if he couldn't hear his mom talk at the dining room table, he probably didn't learn much from. I never thought of that, but you that's know? probably. A lot of it not understanding. Yeah. I, you know, we just, I have to confess, when I think about these transgendering situations going on, I told Dwayne today, or, yeah, we were in the car, and um, somehow it came up. Somebody was, um, oh, oh, I know, our grandson does disc golf, and he was at a tournament, 
and um, a very, should have been really good, better than, mm -hmm. better than our 13-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, he says, oh, he threw, he threw it bad quite a few times, and, and um, he turned to Hunter. He says, well, um, it's because I'm becoming a girl, so I'm losing my strength. And Dwayne and I looked at each other, and I said, Dwayne, if you just sit down some of these men in a crowd of women, and we would tell them what it's like to be a woman, when he's going to have to be moody, when he's going to have to um, feel, when he's going to have to be... I mean, just... just it's I, think it's, I think they would run. They would flee. <laughs> There's no, no way... I just, I thank God that, that he, he made me the way he made me because I can't figure out Dwayne. I could never be Dwayne. I could never be, yeah. I, I could never be content to be a man because what would I do without these emotions? Right. I, yes. Don't you what know? What would the world do without us? Anyway, that, that really was way off, but I just, I just thought we need... We balance each other we out. We need each other, and mm -hmm. we don't understand each other, but it's okay, and how wonderful it is to be married. Oh, I'm not even giving you a chance I to I heard ask a verse questions. today said, and then this couple added this part to the other end of it. It said, a wise woman builds her home. It's a proverb. And then the husband added, and a wise man builds his wife. And I thought that was, like, profound. Because when you're sharing this, it sounds like there was quite a season of you were being a wise woman and you were nurturing. You were building your home for pastored, and you I did a beautiful to. job. I wanted and to. And then by the grace of God and you opening your yeah. heart and God showing you how to communicate what was going on, slowly he got the gift of being able to build his wife, and look at you today. And, and if anybody has been around us, you know, I mean, Dwayne appreciates me. Oh, yeah. He, he worships the he, ground that she walks on. He just, <laughs> he says, yeah. So we don't have, a woman needs appreciation. She needs to be noticed. She needs to know he values her. There's things that the man does that is so hard and so difficult and um, he needs to be honored. He needs to be revered and appreciated. And, um, but if the woman just honors and appreciates him and, and um, dotes on him and feeds him and washes his clothes and takes care of him, and then he doesn't keep filling her cup up with noticing and appreciating. And when I say noticing, that doesn't mean you have to notice that she cut her hair and turned it and dyed it blue, but you should. <laughs> if it's blue, that's... But if you don't, yeah. that's still okay. Just notice that she's doing something yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> we need to appreciate each other. It does so much. I just want to read what... I, I wrote this down. Um, so we got married in 1975, mm -hmm. and many years later, I got to thinking about 
what I should have said in my, my wedding vow. And so I just wrote out a, a, a wedding vow, um, and I put it in my Bible. And Can I tell him this came up when I asked you, what did you do to make your marriage thrive in those years? Like, what do you think were some of the key things to making you have a thriving marriage? Because you went from just true difficulty, a hard season, but then... When you shared this with me, this was, I asked Jeannie to share this. Yeah. Um, and this kind of is a statement of choosing to love on purpose. Mm -hmm. And I love that phrase of on purpose yeah. um, because that means you grab their hand and you squeeze it. We have this, we squeeze three times, one, two, three. It means I love you. So we can be sitting in church or anywhere and just squeeze three times and Nobody else knows. He's just whispered, I love you to me. It was just fun. But this love on purpose, juice, you do it on purpose. You forgive on purpose. You put them first yeah. on purpose. There's things, it just, it's a good phrase to, to remember. But mm -hmm. I wrote, I choose to marry Dwayne, to lay down my life and serve him. I prefer Dwayne as more important than myself. I choose to honor, respect, and love him, to build him up and help him to better fulfill God's calling and purpose for his life. I will speak words that impart grace to him and boldly, faithfully pray for God's will to be done in him and in our family and in our life. And all this, with God's help, I give myself to do that God may be glorified in our union. And... Um, in all the list of things that we should do and could do and can do, um, get in the word. Really, whether you have a dozen kids or um, no kids or grandkids, you just make time. The, we have so many, um, uh, we have the ability to put it on and have audio. And you can get so used to listening that you don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. And you have to rein yourself back in. Yeah. Um, I, I, love, I love the written word because I like to be able to open it up. Just open it up and get some, some treasure out of here. And when, when you've marked it, and in fact, earlier I opened it up and I, it came to uh, Jeremiah and it was so fun. Now I don't, now it's not opening there. <laughs> and, it, and I read, um, you, as for me, I've not hurried away from being a shepherd who follows you. And I just put in there and I thought, I've not hurried away from being a wife who follows you, Lord, mm -hmm. or a mother or a husband. I, I've, not, I've not hurried away from it. You know what came out of my lips. It was right there before you. And the, the key to what comes out of your lips, and I shared about the early hard time, and what changed our lives was when God corrected me one day when I was, I thought I was praying, and I was just complaining about my husband, and I was just complaining, and oh God, change him and fix him, and, and God said very clearly in my heart, you're not praying. You're complaining 
and I don't even hear complaints. I never promise to answer your complaining, mm. but I, I will answer my word. And I thought, well, in 1 John 5, it says, this is a confidence that we have in him, mm -hmm. that, if he, that if we speak his will, I'm not saying it right, I've said it too many times, um, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, then we know we have the petitions that we've asked of him. So I thought, well, if I know what God wants for him, and I start asking what God wants, yeah. then I won't have time to complain. And I started, I went through Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. I started writing down um, the prayers that Paul prayed. And I started to pray. God, you began a good work in him, and you will complete it. And, and it never said in, in there, God began a good work, and now you, wife, have to complete it and change him and fix him. It just says, God will complete it. And then he goes on, I pray that Dwayne's love will abound more and more in knowledge and discernment, that he may approve the things that are excellent, that he may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ and always be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which come by Jesus being in his heart. And... And I wrote him down, and I put his name in it. And then I'd find another one, and I wrote it down, and I put his name in it. And I, I went through 1 Corinthians 13, and it talks about God's kind of love. And I thought, that's the kind of love that God puts in him and wants in him. That's what God is working in him. Wow. So I put that down on my list. God, I thank you that today you are filling Dwayne with the love that is patient and kind and never envious and doesn't boil over. And, it's, and I just went through the whole thing. And, and um, uh, you know, it would take me, I had this on a big sheet and he was up in the mountains and I'm jumping rope and reading all the prayers. Um, whatever I'd be doing, I'd, I'd go through and pray and put his name in that. And it made a difference. Our prayers and praying God's will, being in agreement with God, is like taking a lamp and you plug it into a light source, and then it can glow. Yeah. You can beat up the lamp. You can change the light bulb. You can put on a different lampshade, and you can shake it. But you're never going to get the lamp to shine until you plug it into a power source. And um, so often in our marriages, we want to want to have a wonderful marriage. We want it to glow. We want it to be wonderful. Uh, we want to set a good example for our kids, but um, we let ourselves just be powerless. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it really is. The Word of God is powerful. Um, reading it every day, taking the time. Um, we, we're Proverbs people. We just mm -hmm. believe in um, a chapter a day keeps the stupids away. Um, you know, the, the month has 31 days in it, and Proverbs has 31 days. And if it has 30, you might have to just read two chapters. But it, it's so worth it getting through because um, the Proverbs will teach you what to do in every different situation. It'll correct you. And um, then you start, yeah. I'm just chattering and you what I got so so good. Oh guys, isn't I could just like <laughs> wish we had so much longer. Thank you. <clears throat> when you were reading the prayer that you wrote back in 1975, which oh, 
Isn't that just something else? When you, what struck me, such a heart chord that is so opposite of this world is I prefer you or I place you as more important or I think of you as more important than myself. That hit me because I, I don't believe that is how most of the world thinks. I don't even know if most of the church, you know, the yeah. big, like, big church, like, you know, um, the body of Christ thinks or, like, gets told that your spouse, not only are you going to live them and love them until the day that you die in sickness and health, but you're going to view them as more important than you. That, that just struck me. You know, if, if we have the culture's perspective um, of, I got to take care of me. Mm -hmm. it's, what about me? What about me? And it is true, you do need to be wise and take care of yourself. You do need to have fuel to keep your, you know, you do need those things. But Jesus said, if you want to be great, you need to be a servant and you need to serve. And um, if we want to be Christ-like, we're going to serve. And one of my favorite verses is in Colossians where it says, and whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord, knowing that from him you get your reward. And I quoted that a lot in my life, and I've used it a lot with knowing that, hey, my husband might not even notice yeah. right now that I cleaned his tennis shoes for him. Yeah. But you do it as unto the Lord. And, you know, there's other things that uh, you just, you forgive mm -hmm. because that's unto the Lord. Yeah. And that was one of our questions. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what, one we were going to end on. But what I just want to also draw as we're wrapping up here is, what I noticed was when you wrote that prayer, shortly after being married. Actually, it was, actually it was, was it before? About 10 years after I was married. It was 10 years after? Okay. I thought this so is what I should have said. 10 years ago. And you really started searching the word for how God saw your husband. What the truth was for Pastor Dwayne. And then you started agreeing what I saw in how you were describing that was your heart completely shifted and you started getting on board completely with the heart of your husband and who God made him to be. And I believe that probably gave you an anointing to reach your husband's heart because your heart posture was for your husband. It wasn't against him. It wasn't to edit his life and make him who you wanted him to be so that you would be pleased you wanted your husband to, to achieve the best that God had for him. Your heart was in that there's posture. Just, there's just nothing wrong with laying your life down, women, yeah. for your husbands. Yeah. They need your support. God made them and made you, and he made them to need your support yeah. to be successful. And the more successful they are, the better they are to cherish you and take better care of you. And, and it, it just, you need each other. And, um, and sometimes it's not always perfectly balanced every single day. Yeah. You know, one day he gives more to me than, than I give to him. And another day, you know, I'm laying my life down for what he wants to do. Yeah. And um, 
I remember years and years he did triathlons, which means then he's got to train and he got, he's got to run, he's got to do this. And so we moved and we changed our schedule and we did that. And I, I took all the baby strollers and buggies and we went to <laughs> saw him off on the swim and then we'd race over here and get over there and we'd be his his cheerleading team and then we'd get halfway through the bike ride and cheer him on and then race to the finish and 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 we did the family thing and we helped him do that yep. thing that he wanted to do and and we do serve and love each other um but you know, marriages have been wrecked because a woman took on the, the view of the world, or the, or the man, but, but um, the world's view just doesn't work. But God's view does, and he has all the help and the uh, strength for us to do it his way. But he's not going to strengthen us to sin. Amen. Well, we're going to wrap it up so that we can get our kiddos, if you have them, from children's ministry. But I just want to encourage you. So hopefully this just gave you a rough draft of getting together with somebody in your life or somebody, a leader at the church or leader, you know, in your life that you look to as a mentor who is going to give you biblical, like sound, Holy Spirit-guided encouragement. And I would say... This person needs to have an equal admiration and love for you as they do your spouse. If they do not view you both as equally capable and see your potential, you shouldn't be talking to them. Now, if there's abuse, that might be a reason they don't see you equally, and that's different. That is a different situation. But... You want to go and seek counsel. You want to sit down with somebody who is for you and who is for your spouse, just as a guideline. So if we can all bow our heads. Father, I thank you so much for the gift of your body that you gave us for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We could talk. Marriage is not a 10-point series. It's a lifelong marathon, as Jeannie was talking. It's not a sprint. It's something that we are training for every day. We do not meet the end ever. And God, I thank you that just because there might be a difficult season going on in marriage, in a marriage in this room, it does not mean that that is a difficult marriage. I thank you that you have given truth, that you have given life, and you've given hope to the testimony that Pastor Jeannie so openly shared with us tonight, that there is hope for every marriage. And we just give you all the honor and all of the praise for what was shared tonight. We pray a blessing on Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie, God. I just thank you for their 48 years of marriage, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you give them another 48 at the least. I thank you, Lord God, for the anointing on this couple that they have surrendered their life to be um, the messengers of the gospel. And I just thank you that you continue to increase their influence and open the doors to new territories for them. And we just pray this all in Jesus' name.